AM 1060 KDUS Tempe Phoenix and KSLX HD2 Scottsdale Phoenix. It's time to hit the field with Extra Point featuring Kayla Mortolaro and Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060. Tweet the show at KDUS AM 1060 or give us a call at 602-260-1060. The snap is back. The hold is down. You can't miss with this combination. And the extra point is good. Welcome in to Extra Point here on KDOS AM 1060. As always, follow along with us online at KDOS1060.com as well as Apple Android users. Download the KDOS 1060 app. Take us with you and get yourself eligible for a chance at sixth row hoops tickets downtown Phoenix food drink included in the prize all you have to do is download the kdos 1060 app make sure you register so we know who you are follow along with the listener rewards uh and you are eligible to be a winner uh the contest is ending at the end of this month it is the extra point though on this friday january 19th that means it's friday spread brought to you by von hansen's meats and spirits we're winding down in terms of the number of games to discuss Eight teams, four games, packed action, Saturday and Sunday. You know, I've heard you say it for as long as I've known you, Bob, that this weekend is the best weekend in the NFL. But could we go so far as to maybe say it's top three best weekend in all of sports? Sure. Uh, I think we could do that. I mean, I was talking with Bob and, yeah, we were really, uh, we're, I wouldn't say we were, quote, pioneers, uh, but many years ago, in the mid-90s, when uh, you know, Bob was uh, one of our, uh, you know, I was at 101 Sports in those days before it became Sporting News Radio, but, uh, you know, he was uh, one of our, he was our NFL insider and, uh, you know, one of our primary guests and so forth, and we declared at that point that this was the best NFL week of the season, and we got some pushback on that, but now I swear, like every five minutes, I hear somebody on network television or on podcast say, this is the best NFL weekend there is. So everybody, we were way ahead of the curve on that. So hopefully if this and the final four, and depending on the baseball playoffs, those are the first things that come to mind to answer your question about the best uh, you know, weekend or stretch in sports. Uh, yes, definitely. I mean, I know you like Final Four. Maybe some might actually say the first weekend of the NCAA March Madness uh. just because games start uh, at 9 a.m. and end at, you know, midnight or whatever. But I know from a quality standpoint, you get you don't uh, always appreciate those one versus 64 games, right? No, I'm not a big fan of the first couple of days. I actually like the, the, the Saturday and Sunday the first weekend more than anything. But th- I think actually the Sweet 16 is the best you know, round of the NCAA tournament usually. And for me, being a golf fan, I have to throw in Masters weekend. I understand that. And not even as a golf fan, when I see those commercials, uh, whether it's Jim Nance or whoever you know, promoting, uh, promoting the Masters, you kind of go, whoa, you know, I used to – watch the masters a lot in the jack nicholas days so i have a little history there but that, that gets my attention for sure and you know they have the ray charles singing the georgia song and whatever that those are great spots 
Absolutely. Uh, so we will dive into the four games, eight teams in Friday spread brought to you by Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits. We have that $100 gift certificate available for you. If you are today's winner, the task for you is to come with your weekend bet. We are one in one to start things off in 2024, and we're looking to go two in a row. So let's get ourselves a winner to root for for the weekend. The weekend specials, though, from Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits, 45 day dry age beef tomahawk steaks at $24.99 a pound, prime pork butts at $3.99 a pound, fresh natural whole chickens at $1.99 a pound. Pay our friends a visit over at 2390 North Alma School Road in Chandler or vonhansensmeats.net. Before we continue forward, let's get ourselves settled in with today's poll questions and get things started with the KDOS1060.com poll question. Who wins Sunday night at Buffalo Bills Chiefs? So much has been made so far about how this is Patrick Mahomes' first road playoff game that's not a Super Bowl. Uh, so they'll be in Buffalo here. Who wins? The masses undecided continuing forward with a 50-50 split between the Bills and the Chiefs. Third time in four seasons they met in the postseason. Obviously, the other meetings were in Kansas City. Uh, the Chiefs have won the two playoff games in Kansas City. The Bills have actually won the last three regular season meetings, including this season in Kansas City. We also got some injury info. We'll get to this in more detail later in, uh, later in the extra point here. Uh, but I've always appreciated at least this uh, iteration of the Bills, this group, and, and you know, with McDermott in, in charge. They've been pretty upfront for the most part. In fact, I don't remember any really misleading injury information. And uh, they were really upfront about this today, and we'll get into that in more detail. And obviously they've got some injuries that could be a big, big issue in this game. Uh, we will officially answer that question around 1230. And as you've pointed out, we'll go heavy into that game in the contest as part of Friday spread. Tossing it on over to X at KDUS AM 1060. Who do you have Sunday in Detroit? Bucks plus six and a half. Lions minus six and a half. And the masses are on the Lions side of things at 60% of the vote. Bucks sitting at 40%. That makes sense. You know, they're the, the, obviously the favorite in the game. And, you know, usually the public, whether it's a poll question or the wagering public, uh, you know, for the, the majority are on the favorites and things like that. And, you know, the Lions, much was made last week. First ever playoff game at Ford Field. And now it's two in two weeks. <laughs> so it's becoming a normal thing. Uh, so we'll see what's up with that. And if, that, uh, if, they're a home, if there's a home court advantage here, obviously they're going to be loud. Uh, they played once this year on these two teams in Tampa way back in week six. Uh, it was a 20-6 Lions victory in that game. And really, the Lions physically, you know, I think that was the biggest issue in that game. Uh, the biggest thing that came out of that game, at least for me, is that they, I thought they physically dominated the line of scrimmage in that game on both sides of the ball. I think that Tampa Bay has gotten much better in their offensive, de offensive line and their defensive front since then. Another question that gets officially answered around 1230 today. Also, keeping in mind in hour two, Kyle Soppy of Pro Football Network set to join us 1215 today for divisional matchup NFL prop talk. And you think, OK, we only have four games. No, no, no. The amount of props that we have to bet on for these four games, we could get really into the weeds here. So we'll do that with Kyle Soppy around 1215. Uh, so looking forward to that conversation with him. 
Now, so we're going to get into into the weed or the weeds. That weeds. Those are two big different things. Different things there. Well, uh, <laughs> I guess it depends on who uh, you're talking to. I'm in the weeds, and you may not okay. have an S so pronounced, right? No, no. I haven't, I haven't <laughs> been into the weeds since like the 70s, okay. quite frankly. So, yeah, it's been a long time. Yeah. Fair enough. The, ni- the, ni- the, ni- the 1970s. I want to clarify that. Okay. You know, Very some good. Some people might think of the 1870s. <laughs> uh, this is something that I had been uh, meaning to talk about. We talked about, like, hey, let's get into it on Wednesday. We saved it for Thursday, and then we had so much fun uh, dissecting the divisional teams and the quote unquote premier players that we didn't have time to get into it on Thursday. So I'm making time for it now. Uh, this was the best 2023 NFL rookie class and who kind of stood out uh, for which teams got the most production out of their 2023 class. And it was inspired by a lengthy, in-depth, analytic-based article from Aaron Schatz of ESPN.com. So we're not going into the analytics side of things, just kind of looking at it from our perception of watching uh, the teams through 18 weeks of the season. We'll start with number one for the rookie class here. To absolutely no surprise, it's going to be the the Houston Texans, and it all gets started there with rookie C.J. Stroud. Also, Will Anderson, 15 games for him, 45 total tackles, seven sacks. And before he was injured, Tank Dell, uh, 47 catches, 709 yards, seven touchdowns. That connection and that that operation with him and C.J. Stroud was really clicking. Uh, obviously, there's more rookies that had impacts here, but those three really made an impact. Yeah, I would imagine this is a pretty easy number one. <laughs> so... I think the intrigue might start at number two, but uh, yeah, we'll see how that goes. But I've not seen this list, so uh, the intrigue, I'm intrigued about the intrigue. <laughs> number two, we won't delay it any longer. Uh, the Rams sitting with us. Yeah. Yeah. Because obviously you probably yeah. jumps off the page, setting rookie records, Puka Nakua, 105 catches, 1,486 yards, and six touchdowns for him. But also, we had kind of had concerns about this offensive line for the Rams heading into the season. Well, Steve Avila at guard, he started all year long for them at left guard and really kind of found his niche. We didn't really focus much on the offensive line, maybe what we had thought we would heading into the season. Uh, Byron Young was used a lot, linebacker position, 61 tackles, eight sacks for him. And Kobe Turner, defensive tackle, 57 tackles and nine sacks. And all four of those guys were really, you know, not just, you know, guys that were starting as rookies. They were prominent players and difference-making players. And, uh, yeah, I remember at the start of the season, I meant, we mentioned that, uh, you know, they had the most rookies on their 53-man roster of anybody in the league. I believe it was 15. Uh, and uh, it turned out that those guys you mentioned were not just rookies on the roster. They were, you know, guys that made a huge difference and got them into the playoffs. Speaking of, uh, I'm getting a little sidetracked here, but talking about the Rams, I saw that Les Snead opened up his press conference today talking about Raheem Morris, uh, obviously the defensive coordinator here, and so his work with Byron Young, Kobe Turner, that whole staff. But Les Snead was really adamant that Raheem Morris deserves an opportunity to be a head coach. I know he's interviewed at a lot of different places, but he took the time before taking any questions to really pump his guy as defensive coordinator. Yeah, good. That's not surprising. I actually have met Les Snead a few years ago, uh, and uh, you know, he was here for you know, we were playing the Cardinals, and I was just happened to stand with next to somebody who knew him, 
and I knew of him, and you know, I'm not gonna get into the whole conversation. There were a few other things. We have a couple of mutual acquaintances, uh, so but uh, he's done a really good job. I'm not surprised based on not just our conversation for like three minutes that I had with uh, you know less back in those days, but just hearing him over the years and hearing about him over the years, I'm not surprised he went out of his way to. Uh, you know, to praise uh, to, to praise and, and endorse Morris for a future head coaching job. Back to the list here, inspired by Aaron Schatz, ESPN.com. Number three is the Packers. Lucas Van Ness, the linebacker, 32 tackles, four sacks. You touched on the tight ends and Luke Musgrave, 34 catches, 352 yards, and one touchdown. Also, the young wide receiver core, Jaden Reed, wide receiver, 64 catches, 793 yards, and eight touchdowns. And also, a huge change for them at kicker, Anders Carlson, uh, 81.1% field goal percentage, 87.2% extra point percentage this season. Yeah, now that you've gone through three of these, I don't think the first three were all that difficult. (laughs) So, So there you go. Number four on this list is the Detroit Lions. Uh, Jameer Gibbs, we know about his explosiveness. Numbers for him, 182 carries, 945 yards, 10 touchdowns, 52 catches, 316 yards, one touchdown. Jack Campbell at linebacker, 95 tackles, two sacks. I think the big one here, Sam Laporta, tight end, uh, 86 catches, 889 yards, 10 touchdowns. He was second in receptions behind Amon Ross St. Brown this season for the Lions. And then Brian Branch, safety, 74 tackles, yeah. one sack, and three picks. Yeah, I stand corrected. The first four of these were pretty easy. <laughs> so, uh, but uh, all those guys were big players for them. Uh, I'm glad you threw in Branch. Uh, you know, before he got hurt, and he unfortunately has been hurt a couple of times. Uh, before he got hurt, I don't think at least say you know, a quarter of the way through the season, maybe a little longer than that. Uh, he was uh, the defensive rookie of the year by a landslide. Uh, so there's that. Uh, we'll see what's up with Laporta. I think they've done a really smart job uh, managing Gibbs during the season because you know, the two college places that Gibbs, he went to Georgia Tech and then transferred to Alabama, and they were very careful not to overuse him there. And I think the Lions have done the same thing. You know, he's he, he can be effective between the tackles, but I don't think he's going to be an every down back between the tackles. And they've done a good job of you know, basically dividing the touches between David Montgomery, who excels in those areas, uh, and uh, Gibbs. And uh, now, and I, I noticed last week, it didn't seem, you know, we're at the playoffs now. So it's basically, you know, there's no reason to, you know, try to, try to preserve carries, et cetera. So I think uh, yeah, Gibbs is going to be – he was certainly a bigger role last week than he had been in a lot of the regular season games. And I assume that's going to continue as long as they're in the postseason. Number five on this list comes in with the Chicago Bears. Uh, Darnell Wright at right tackle. He started every game for them. 89.4% pass block win rate, according to ESPN's metrics. Tyreek Stevenson at cornerback. Uh, If you look at his splits, weeks one to nine, he put up a 63% DVOA, which that's actually horrible for defensive players. You want to be in the negative for DVOA. In the second half of the season, he was. He was minus 60% DVOA. 
DVOA and really turned it around. Uh, you also kind of attribute some of the whole defensive numbers in general with the uh, trade that was made to right. bring in. Um, I'm all of a sudden blanking on his name. Uh, he like led the league in in sacks or, or led both teams in sacks with the Panth uh, with the Commanders and the Bears. Sweat. Yes, there we go. Thank you, Montez yeah, Sweat. Yeah, uh, yeah. You could like really talk about the whole defensive change with him. Gervon Dexter, senior def defensive tackle, 40% of the snaps for him, two and a half sacks, 20 tackles, and then Roshan Johnson, 81 carries, 332 yards, two touchdowns. Yeah, I, I did not watch much of the Bears this year. In comparison, certainly, certainly in comparison to the first four teams we've mentioned on this list, so I don't think I'm terribly qualified to answer uh, you know, about these guys in detail, but obviously, uh, you know, they stepped up, and you know, there's no question that uh, when you get a pass rusher, that helps the defensive backs. <laughs> so there you go. Um, we're going to advance forward. Where do the Arizona Cardinals rank in on this list? They come in at number nine. Uh, the the Cardinals relied heavily on Paris Johnson Jr., who was ranked 63rd out of 69 qualifying tackles in pass block win rate at 81.6%, yeah. and in the middle with average run block win rate. Then you have Michael Wilson, 38 catches, 565 yards, three touchdowns. He ranked 13th among qualifying wide receivers in DVOA, missed several games with an injury, but we saw uh, some flashes there the last couple of weeks in a connection, potentially uh, brewing there with Kyler Murray. Then you also had Garrett Williams. He had a minus 20% DVOA allowed in coverage. Starling Thomas had a 37% DVOA in coverage. BJ Ojolari, four sacks, four tackles Dante Stills started eight games three and a half sacks 47 tackles yeah I'm glad that uh, at least the metrics I back up the eye test with uh, Johnson who I've said for weeks and actually said before he even played a game at, at uh, with the Cardinals because he to me he's just a run blocker he's not a good pass blocker uh, you know, he only played one year at uh, tackle at Ohio State for good reason because he was a much better interior uh, guard. He played guard the first two years at Ohio State, then moved to left tackle, and that wasn't as pleasant of an experience for him. Uh, so not a big surprise there. I think that some of those uh, defensive back numbers, I'm not real sure how those work, whether it's rookies or other you know, any other you know, veterans or whatever. Uh, I think that those uh, they oftentimes seemingly don't follow the eye test, in my opinion. And then let's fast forward here. Who's last? Coming in at 32nd <laughs> is the Dallas Cowboys. Mozzie Smith, defensive tackle, 13 tackles, one sack. He, he, he was invisible. Exactly. Uh, Luke yes. Schoonmaker, tight end, eight catches, 65 yards, two touchdowns. That's not the tight end that was uh, yeah. utilized all the time. That was Jake Ferguson. Yeah. And where both those guys go to college, by the way? <laughs> I'm sure you're going to tell us. They both went to the University of Michigan. They beat Ohio State two years when they were there, but they didn't do squat once they got to the NFL. Uh, I, I just setting you up there to be able to make that mention that in the NFL. That's about the only, that's about the only time I can say anything uh, negative about Michigan regarding Ohio State these days. That's the best I can do. That's pretty weak on my part. The other person I wanted to make mention of is DeMarvian Overshawn, and he ended up missing the entire season with a torn ACL. So not a lot of production there from your rookies for Dallas. 
Yeah, and even though I'm not real sure how much those guys would have played because they would have been you know, replacing established players. Uh, it's not like Ferguson, yeah, he's good. I mean, yeah, and remember, Ferguson replaced Dalton Schultz. Uh, so, uh, but I love Ferguson was a tight end in Wisconsin, so I'm not terribly surprised he's a good NFL tight end. Plus, Dak loves his tight ends. Zach, Dak does love his tight ends. Um, yeah, as he should. All quarterbacks should. Seriously. I'm not joking here. I, I mean, yeah, why not? I mean, unless you're a short quarterback like Kyler Murray and can't see the damn tight end, you should all like your tight end if you're a quarterback. Especially just the athleticism that these tight ends come in with. They're big, they're physical, um, and the matchup, the mismatches sometimes, if you can get them on a safety, I mean, that's just offensive yeah. heaven. And it's usually a shorter throw for the quarterback. It's Friday spread brought to you by Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits. We get into the divisional round matchups. We'll get things started with Saturday afternoon's game between the Texans and the Ravens. That's all coming up next right here on the Extra Point on KDOS AM 1060. Now time in your afternoon for the Doug Gottlieb Show right here on KDUS AM 1060, 100.7 HD2, and KDUS1060.com. Weekdays from 1 to 3 p.m. Welcome back to Extra Point on this Friday, January 19th. Bob Kemp, Kayla Mortolaro here with you. That's right, Friday spread brought to you by Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits. Weekend specials, 45-day dry-aged beef tomahawk steaks at $24.99 a pound. Prime pork butts at $3.99 a pound. Fresh natural whole chickens at $1.99 a pound. They're, they're located 2390 North Alma School Road in Chandler or Von Hansen's Meats net if you are today's lucky winner of your 100 dollars gift certificate maybe you could find your meats uh for some big games that are happening ahead so uh that is still to come but first let's dive into the nfl divisional games and dissect these uh before we get started with that you know i have to come with some just general stats that bob's gonna roll his eyes at but we have to do it <laughs> um you can't see my eyes. <laughs> That's true, I'm assuming. <laughs> yeah. uh, since 2009, home teams are 40, 40 and 16 straight up and 28, 27 and 1 ATS in the divisional round. Road teams when underdogs and the point spread lands between plus three and a half to plus nine and a half have gone 26, 16 and 1 ATS in the last 43 contests. I think this is actually the one round of the playoffs where you know, it makes a difference. If you, know, you usually you have, you know, and certainly now that they've expanded the playoffs to where we're at now with the top team, top seeds get a buy. Uh, can certainly, you know, when you try to handicap these games, I think you have to go about it differently uh, because either you have, you know, made a couple of mismatches, which has been the case in past years, and we obviously have some large point spreads in these games this week. Or now you have teams that actually have had a bye, but you have to wrestle the fact that you know, both the Ravens and the 49ers rested a lot of their guys in their last regular season game, so they haven't played since like Christmas Eve in a real game. 
Let's get into it. Saturday, 2.30 p.m. It's the Texans and the Ravens. Texans plus 9.5. Ravens minus 9.5. Over-under sitting at 43.5. First up, there's apparently a winter storm warning in Baltimore today. However, it does look like tomorrow is supposed to stop snowing and be in the 20s. That's what I've seen. I mean, you know, once again, you know, check your, you know, forecast or whatever you can do. You know, Roto, you know, Roto Wire. We talked to John McKechnie during our fantasy season, the fantasy updates with him. Roto Wire does fantasy. They have a fantasy section, so I check that all the time. So, but this has actually changed in like the last two hours. It looked like it was going to be pretty good. Uh, for the weekend, and now, you, as you mentioned, the winter storm thing, but it appears that it's not going to be uh, snowing during the game or anything tomorrow, but this is an early game, and the weather changes, and pretty close to the ocean and water and so forth, so you never know. The Ravens cornerback Marlon Humphrey, he's out. Mark Andrews has not been activated off of IR, so he is out as well. Yeah, um, yeah, I think that they officially ruled him out this morning, in fact. So, uh, you know, they, uh, you know, I think that they listed him as, like, questionable yesterday, and they've you know, kind of gone further on that today. So we'll see what's going on there. As far as Houston, a couple of things regarding their injuries. Uh, Andrew Beck is a very important player for them. He's a fullback, a fullback, God forbid, other than, you know, Kyle Juszczyk. And, uh, you know, they're actually, now that I think about it, there's teams in this uh, plan this weekend that use fullbacks, so God bless them. Uh, but, uh, yeah, Beck is questionable for this game. He was a limited participant just one day in practice this week, and he's a big deal. I mean, he made a couple – he actually caught a ball for a first, at least a first down, I remember, last weekend. But he's usually a, a blocker and a pass protector. Very good pass protector. So that's something to think about tomorrow. Also, Jerry Hughes, who's one of their pass rushers, has been ruled out of this game with an ankle injury. Uh, he has lots of playoff experience, obviously, with a couple of different uh, teams other than Houston. Uh, Will Anderson was a full participant. Uh, actually, he was a limited participant. But I mean, they didn't even put him on. They didn't even put him on the injury report uh, yesterday. The official thing that's for this weekend. So they feel pretty good about his situation. And Grenard, Jonathan Grenard, who leads them in sacks, also not even on the injury report yesterday for the weekend game. As far as uh, the, uh, the the Texans are concerned, you mentioned the Marlon Humphrey thing. Uh, this is going to be a big deal. Um, he's uh, officially ruled out now. Uh, he's been, he's been out a lot of the, in and out of the lineup for much of the season, started the season in on IR and, uh, he hasn't played at the usual level that he's played in the past, uh, when he has actually played this season. We'll see how that goes. Dalvin cook has been activated and he's on the 53 man roster. Apparently he's going to play. He's yet to play a game for the Ravens. You remember that he got cut by the jets in the end of the regular season, near the end of the regular season. I don't know if he's any good anymore. Uh, the, the Vikings certainly thought he was over the hill and done. And when you watch him with the Jets, it appeared that could be the case. So we'll see what's going on with that. As far as handicapping this game, obviously you got the Lamar Jackson playoff history. That's something we talked about with Bob Glauber in the last hour during the sports zone. He's one in three. They've averaged 13 points per game in those four games. He has three touchdowns and five interceptions and has never been past this round of the playoffs in his career. 
Uh, as far as this game, we mentioned it yesterday. I picked uh, Baltimore 30 to 16. Uh, you know, basically, I'm not going to play. I'm not going to bet on them. I just can't trust Lamar. If they get off to a bad start, I need to see you know some success first. Uh, you know, I would maybe lean towards the first half bet on Houston in this game because of the rust factor. If I was going to do anything. Uh, the total is uh, something that has my attention, but I want to see what the weather looks like for us because I think this has a chance to go over the total if the weather is okay. I have a couple of other uh, things here, too. So the Texans have allowed 60 completions of 20 or more yards in the regular season. That was ranked seventh worst. In addition to that, the Texans have been really good, though, in zone defense with just four touchdowns and nine interceptions. However, Lamar is coming into this thing really picking apart zone defenses with eight touchdowns and just two interceptions. So what's going to give there? You touched on Lamar's uh, playoff careers with just three touchdowns and five interceptions in playoffs. However, does it make a difference here that this is maybe the most wide receiver talent depth-wise that he's had? in these playoffs it should uh you know some of those numbers about the texas defense i'm not sure how much stock i'd put into that for two reasons one is they had a whole bunch of defensive backfield injuries early in the season those guys are pretty much now playing including stingley jr who has been shadowing the best wide receiver on the opponent here in the last couple of games so that's uh, something to think about there and also, because of that, they played a lot more man than they did early in the season. So I don't know how much of that actually you know, really is in respect to the last couple of games when they've had their pass rushers and they've been a much healthier secondary. Next up for me here, uh, question-wise, you sort of touched on it, but with the Ravens, essentially it's been two weeks off for their main guys because they had the bye week and they didn't play their starters against the Steelers. Does that work to their advantage here, or does this work to the Texans' advantage because they're just going to keep rolling? Uh, I, I'm not, I have no idea, to be honest. But you know, John Harbaugh is certainly aware of this. Uh, they've been going through, they didn't do like uh, nobody does contact practices, but they did as full scale of practice as they can. Even last week during the bye, they did some, uh, you know, more than you would expect, apparently, at least that was reported. And uh, they've gone a lot of ones against the ones, you know, the starters against the starter off, the starters on each side of the ball against each other. And you rarely see that from NFL practices during the season. Maybe sometimes in this situation in the playoffs, but that's the, he's certainly aware of the possible rust factor, and he's doing the most he can to avoid a possible problem tomorrow. We'll take a break now. We'll get into the sun Saturday night game between the Packers and the 49ers on the other side of the break. It is the Extra Point brought to you by... Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits Friday spread. The $100 gift certificate still available to you. But right now, what you want to pay attention to is the weekend specials. 45-day dry-aged beef tomahawk steaks at $24.99 a pound. Prime pork butts at $3.99 a pound. And fresh natural whole chickens at $1.99 a pound. Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits, vonhansensmeats.net, located 2390 North Alma School Road in Chandler. It's the Packers and the 49ers. We dive into it next here in the Extra Point. Bob Kemp, Kayla Mortolaro with you.
Listener rewards for you with the KQS 1060 app. Download today to hear all of the national and local shows you love. That's the KDUS 1060 app. Eleven forty-two here on KDUS AM ten sixty. You're in the extra point. Bob Camp, Kayla Mortolaro with you. Friday spread brought to you by Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits. Continuing on NFL divisional round. Saturday, 6.15 p.m., it's the Packers and the 49ers here. At least I am I think I'm seeing tons of money coming in on the Packers side of things here. Uh, Packers plus 9.5, 49ers minus 9.5, over-under sitting at 50.5. You had mentioned the possibility of some rain occurring uh, yes. in Santa Clara for this contest. Next up, a, he- high, a high probability of rain is the thing I'm looking at right now. Next up on an injury front here, uh, it looks like Arik Armstead should be back. Dre Greenlaw is questionable. For the Packers side of things, Jair Alexander questionable. Uh, he was questionable against the Cowboys, uh, but ended up going in that game. A.J. Dillon's also but, questionable. But he got hurt in that game. Had He had a different – you know, he was injured that – he had a shoulder injury before the game. He suffered an ankle injury during that game against the Cowboys and did not return. So it's the ankle that seems to be the big problem here. A.J. Dillon questionable. Isaiah McDuffie questionable. That's true. Uh, the McDuffie thing could be a big deal because he's a really good uh, linebacker who can cover. And uh, if you're facing the 49ers, not just you know, obviously with McCaffrey, but with receivers, uh, you know, crossing the, a lot of crossing routes and so forth, that's a big deal. So that could be a real big, real big problem. He got hurt during that uh, Cowboys game also. Actually got hurt really towards the end of the game after it was like 100-2 to two or whatever the score was at that point. Uh, so that was unfortunate. This is the fourth road game in five weeks uh, for, uh, for Green Bay. Uh, that eliminates any chance on betting on the Packers, quite frankly, because there's no way I would ever think about doing that during the regular season. I'm in a pool, so I might have to take them in the points, uh, but I'm going to try to avoid that too. Um, I think the biggest thing to look when you're watching this game is, you know, last week, you know, the uh, the Packers won the toss and took the ball. I'm sure. I'm assuming Lafleur is going to do that again because uh, they're not going to. I think he has to assume, like last week that they're going to have to have as many possessions as possible and need to play from the lead. So I think that that's going to be something to really pay attention to. Another thing is the 49ers, surprisingly, at least to me, uh, have had some games uh, where they had problems stopping the run. And this week they get Aaron Jones, who's had four straight 100-plus yard rushing games. Uh, and uh, he scored the three touchdowns last week against the Cowboys. Would have been more if they actually had to leave him in the game. But obviously with the big lead, they didn't have to. But now Fred Warner is out there in the front seven and it seems to be healthy. You mentioned Armstead. He's expected to play. Greenlaw is listed as questionable, but he's expected to play also. As far as this game goes, oh, one other quick thing here. A lot of playoff history here because Shanahan and Lafleur together at Houston, together at Washington, together in Atlanta, and together at San Francisco. <laughs> so... They're very familiar with each other and a lot of uh, similar styles as far as offense goes. As far as the score, I'm going to go San Francisco 31-17. Before the weather forecast, I actually had 34-20. If the weather becomes manageable, I will definitely be betting this game over. 
Since week nine, the 49ers have tightened up the defense, allowing just 16.8 points per game. Uh, I know you touched on the run uh, numbers there for the 49ers. In some games, they really lock down the run game for the opposing offenses, and other uh, times they struggled. In all, it accumulated to 89.7 yards per game on the ground given up. So how will Aaron Jones be able to do in that contest? And if they can stop him, does that force Jordan Love into being uh, one-dimensional? And does that really play into the hands of the 49ers because if there's one thing susceptible for the 49ers on their defense uh it is the secondary that's true but they also play a ton of zone uh so it's not like they're they're rarely in man-to-man coverage in the secondary so there's a thing there um i spent way too much time as it turns out i tried to investigate this rush defense thing and with the injuries and the schedule that they played towards the end of the season I thought, okay, they got better because they played not so good offenses. And, you know, Armstead was out. And, you know, they had, you know, a couple of games where they had, like, multiple defensive linemen that were nicked up. And I couldn't come to any conclusion of who was playing and not playing. So, like I said, it was just a waste of time. And I probably shouldn't have mentioned it. But I did investigate it. I did spend time on it. But I couldn't come up with a conclusion. And I was – I'm still frustrated about that. Also wondering here if this is going to be a George Kittle game. Uh, You touched on the linebacker questions for uh, the Packers here, and for him being able to get open and run after the catch could have a big game for Kittle. This might be a prop bet thing for later in the show. Might be. Might be one of my topics. There we go. Uh, We will take a break here, and on the other side of the break, we will get started with the Sunday contest. The 1 p.m. game is the Bucks and the Lions, and the 4.30 game is the Chiefs and the Bills. So we still have those two games to round out divisional weekend yet to come. It is the extra point right here on KDOS AM 1060. As always, follow along with us online at KDOS1060.com and with the KDOS 1060 app. Right now, there's a pretty sweet contest taking place. You download the KDOS 1060 app, whether you're an Apple or an Android user. Make sure you register so we know who you are and who to potentially give the pair of tickets, sixth row tickets, to the Hoops game, Downtown Phoenix, food and drink included. Follow along with the listener rewards opportunities for you you could be the app contest winner it's happening all now through the end of the month of january that's with the kdos 1060 app i'll turn those picks into gold wall-to-wall nfl coverage and the biggest stories coming to you from 3 to 5 p.m the rich eisen show here in kdus am 1060 and kdus 1060.com Wrapping up hour number one of the Extra Point on this Friday, January 19th. Bob Kemp, Kayla Mortolaro here with you up until 1 o'clock today, as we typically do. Mondays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays. Getting back into the divisional round of games to discuss. Starting with Sunday, 1 p.m., it's the Buccaneers and the Lions. Bucks plus 6.5, Lions minus 6.5, over-under sitting at 48.5. Over the last five games, Jared Goff is completing 74.4% of his passes with six touchdowns and one interception against the Blitz. Gets who likes the Blitz a lot. 
that would be the <laughs> Buccaneers. They blitzed Jalen Hurts last week on 51.3% of his dropbacks. Seemed like more. <laughs> Seemed like it was 101%. <laughs> so uh, we all know that Todd Bowles likes to blitz. So uh, we'll see how this goes this week. Uh, I think that there's not a big secret. At, uh, I don't think you need to go through metrics or blitz percentages or whatever. Uh, but Goff is uh, you know, he's doesn't he's not terribly mobile and uh, you know as most quarterbacks, especially up the middle, pass rush in uh, blitzes, he's um, not as effective and sometimes not effective at all. So this has been kind of a career thing, whether he was in Los Angeles or in his better days in Detroit. Uh, then you also have here Jameer Gibbs, David Montgomery running the football here. But uh, how are they going to be able to run the football? Vita Vea there in the center. That could be a fun matchup, though, if you love watching the trenches between Frank Ragnow and Vita Vea. Absolutely. And not just those two guys. I mean, you have obviously a really good offensive line. And, yeah, the defensive front seven of the Buccaneers is uh, probably, the I would imagine, if we were watching every game, I've watched more Buccaneers than I imagined I was going to be watching this year. But that seems to be their most improved unit, so we'll see what's going on with that. As far as some injury stuff here, uh, the Buccaneers have the smallest injury report as far as just the practice reports this week uh, with the fewest players, I should probably the better way to put this. Fewer players on their practice injury report this week of anybody that's playing this weekend. Shaq Barrett is somebody to pay attention to today. I just tried to check during the uh, break there. I can't find anything new on this. Uh, but you know, he has not practiced this week. At least he did not practice up and th up through yesterday. Uh, so we'll see what's going on. Uh, yeah, He's done a really nice job for them this season at the end of the year. One of those guys that has played much better towards the end than he did earlier. Uh, Baker Mayfield's been a full participant in practice all week long, so I think we're okay there with the ankle and the ribs. Also, uh, Baker Mayfield and Tampa Bay have more wins this season than Tom Brady and the Buccaneers had last season. Uh, in addition, uh, they actually could have been they could have won that game much more than 32 to nine last week. They had after six possessions of the game, they were in Tampa, they were in Eagles territory, I should say. Every possession, they only had 16 points. And they still end up with 32 in the game. Uh, so we'll see what's going on with that. As far as the Lions are concerned, Khalif Raymond, their excellent uh, extra fourth receiver and kick returner, didn't play last week. He had not practiced this week uh, through yesterday. Uh, Sam Laporta was limited in practice yesterday after he was a full participant on Wednesday. And clearly he was very effective at the start of that game last week and pretty ineffective and not really on the field much towards the end of that game. Remember, that was a one-score game. So, you know, I'm sure that he was out there in the final possession, but he did not play anywhere near every snap in that game. Also, James Houston, who hasn't played forever, uh, one of their top pass rushers and had a tremendous season last year, he's been a full participant in practice this week. I'm not sure what they're going to get out of him, uh, but he's been playing and excuse me, practicing, and he hasn't played for weeks. So, like I said, that might be a, just kind of a wild card because I have no idea how to assess what he might be doing in this particular game. As far as last week with the Lions, yeah, the first 15 snaps of the game, they had 11 first downs. They scored three touchdowns on those drives. They got one field goal the rest of the game. So I'm not sure what to make of that, quite frankly. Final score in this game, I'm going Detroit 30-26. to 26. 
I like the over 48 and a half. Uh, I think that both offenses, you know, this is not uh, uh, deep analysis on my part why I like the over. I just think that both offenses should have an advantage in this game. Yeah, so, you know, the Lions secondary, we know it's depleted. So Godwin, Evans, throw in Trey Palmer. They could potentially have themselves big days. Aiden Hutchinson has to get pressure, though, on Baker Mayfield. He had a pressure rate last week of 30.4%. Then I also saw something, though, here that uh, the Lions, we know how much they like to use motion, and that's a huge part of their offense. Well, supposedly the defense that ranks last against teams that are using motion and when they use motion in, like, yards is the Buccaneers. That doesn't surprise me at all, though, because has there been a team that has had more defensive backs missed time this year because of injury than the Buccaneers? Not many, and those dudes are all healthy and playing now. Uh, Antoine Winfield Jr., though, he's also been really good. Pro football focus with a 91.2 grade for him, tied for 11th with three picks, and he's allowed just 26 receptions this season. He's really good. And uh, one more, you know, Ohio State reference here. Uh, There are few players that Ohio State has ever had in my 60 years of watching them play football that I was more of a fan of than uh, Anton, Anton Winfield Sr., uh, who was a smaller dude and a tough dude and a defensive back for the uh, for the uh, for the Buckeyes back in the day, and his kid has got a lot of same, the same similarities that that Dad did. He's a really good player. Friday spread brought to you by Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits. We roll into hour number two. We finish up the divisional weekend with the Chiefs and the Bills. We make room for Kyle Soppy with Pro Football Network around 12.15 to dive into the NFL prop market for the divisional weekend. Plenty to get to, including that $100 gift certificate in hour two.